these guys survive the David Kahn era of Timberwolves basketball and live to tell about it. It's Flagrant Howls. Now, people sometimes rip on Judd because he's a hockey guy. You got Judd's hockey show. That why are, you, why are you bringing the hockey guy on Flagrant Howls? Mm-hmm. People need to know that you are the OG Wolves follower here. That Declan was born after the Wolves started. Mm-hmm. Kyle was born right around the time the Wolves started. I was born in 85, but I don't remember the Wolves until like Leitner got there. Oh, okay. So you're the only one of us that actually saw like the origins of Timberwolves you know, Todd, basketball. Scott Roth, uh, Tony Campbell. Tony Campbell, Pooh Richardson. Randy Brewer, Todd Murphy. Yeah. I was actually and, there. I was there on opening night in the right field, an upper deck right field at the Metrodome against the Bulls and Jordan. Wow. What, oh, so they opened against Jordan. Like they, the first home, game at Metro. Home opener, yes, was against the Bulls and Jordan. Uh, their first game ever was actually against the uh, Supersonics in Seattle. Did they, how many hmm. seats did they make available? Because oh, they were like breaking attendance records. The whole thing. They? They didn't close off. So they anything. put like sixty thousand people in there. I was basketball. in the upper. I was in the upper deck of the Metrodome for the opener, and I remember being in the upper deck of the Metrodome when Shaquille O'Neal and the Magic came into town. Wow, I want to say, I just watched uh, Semi Pro over the weekend, which is one of my favorite movies with Will Ferrell of the ABA Flint Flint Tropics. Oh, and yeah. uh, well, what do you know about the Minnesota Muskies, Judd? That's a real team. The Pipers. Yeah, they were a real team. Yes. Yeah. So one year, right? They like. Yes. Both both were here. So the the Pipers and Muskies both played a year here at Met Center. And um, the Muskies, I want to say the Muskies came from Miami and the Pipers came from Pittsburgh. And if I'm not mistaken, moved back to Pittsburgh. But yes, both teams, ABA days, one year. The Wolves wore those Muskie jerseys when Kevin Love was still here. Mm -hmm. It was like their alternates. Yes. You know they were they were pretty cool. Absolutely well, awesome. I, br- I bring up the history of the wolves. One to just just to, to let anyone know, like, wait a second, why is the hockey? No, no. Judd I saw is this the guy's OG note. Wolves guy. I okay. saw this guy's condescending note. Well, why <laughs> yeah, do we you bring? It's the best part was when it said, "Why, please don't bring your friends on your friends." Like your we're friends like, who- <laughs> like you like call me at my mom's house and Declan. Hey guys, hey guys. we should do a wolf podcast. I don't know, dude. I'm smoking dope right now and eating brownies. <laughs> I guess I got time. And by the way, Judd also is a credentialed member of Wolves Media too. So we uh, we go to games and sit press row. But uh, we got a we got a nice note from Joe Zelmer, and I have four four of Phil's Wolves takes to get to get to here in a second too. So we'll get to those. But uh, Joe Zelmer emails the show. Actually, old school sends a letter here and a nice. gift. Found this book in my collection that I'm trying to whittle down. Thought you guys would love it. Mm-hmm. Timberwolves stalk the NBA obsession. Bill Musselman's relentless quest to beat the best. The OG coach wow. in Timberwolves history. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's a book awesome, written, dude. A book written about Bill Musselman. He's not a madman, is the uh, the quote on the back. Well, that's of not thing. true. He was a madman, but <laughs> he wasn't saying Well, one of the quotes from great. Crazy George Shower, who is a ball handling whiz, apparently. Okay. The guy's oh, not yeah. a madman. He's just a man with a purpose. Hmm. <laughs> so cra- next to my mother bill has been the biggest influence in my life he's the hardest working man i ever met Cra- uh, crazy george Sh- uh, shower was part of the if, if you i think it's on youtube if you go back and look when mussy came here to be the golfers coach in the 70s they they had the uh, sweet georgia brown thing that flip loved where, where they'd come out in warm-ups and do like globetrotter stuff 
Yeah. And I think crazy I think Crazy George Shire would like precede them on the court or do like halftime shows. Okay. And Mussy loved it. <laughs> I love it, man. So yeah, so thank you uh thank you for this book. Awesome stuff. All right, here's four Wolves takes for you guys. Start with this one. Okay. The NBA had a day off yesterday after the the Saturday night championship and then yesterday was a day off. Wolves start a 16 game stretch that we'll talk about later in these Wolves takes, but my number one Wolves take is this. Rudy Gobert deserves absolute consideration for MVP of the National Basketball Association. Mm-hmm. And here's my logic on this. Now, I know that like if you start to list the front runners, I'm not saying he's the favorite. Jokic, now Jokic has had a couple really bad shooting nights, but I think he'll be fine. Jokic is going to be right up there. Embiid's having a crazy season. I think Shea just Alexander as emerging as one of the best overall players in the league, certainly one of the best offensive players on a team that's like second or third in the Western Conference, Oklahoma City. Tyrese Halliburton had a rough night in the championship game on Saturday, but he has emerged with a Pacers team. So there's like some dudes in here. But if I were to say to you, okay, the Timberwolves are the best team in the NBA Mm record-wise, the main reason why they are the best team in the NBA is their relentless suffocating defense. Mm Mm-hmm. And the key cog to that relentless, suffocating defense by a mile is Rudy Gobert. And offensively, he's been fine. Like, he's certainly not Jokic, but he's been efficient. Lately, he's been maybe even better than efficient. Like, he he knocked down, uh, like, a little 12-foot jumper against Memphis the other night, too. No one's going to mistake him for Jokic or Embiid offensively. But he is the best defensive player in the league and the best defensive player on the best defense and that defense drives the main reason why this team has the best record in the NBA. How could you not consider him for most valuable, not best player, but most valuable player in the NBA? If you told me before the season that Gobert was going to go from being a, a guy that did not really fit in, and it wasn't all his fault, but uh, certainly the fit was not not what Chris Finch and Tim Conley expected, to being a guy who alters games, I'd be like, Really? Yeah. But I mean, yes, he deserves, he is, in fact, I sent you a note pre-show, Phil, and I said, rank like the like the Wolves the, in importance of, if this guy goes out, you're in big trouble. Gobert's well, got to be two to Ant, and Ant is out, and they're winning. No, it's number one. Okay. It's number yeah, one. Yeah, that's what I'm going to say. Because think about this, Ant, Ant has been out or, or came yeah. in and, and had to leave. And they've kept winning. Now, Anthony Edwards, all these guys are super important. Jade McDaniels is super important. But they've won all these games without Jade McDaniels. I mean, Carl Anthony Towns has been really good, but I don't think it's close. Now, if Mike, here's the other thing. If Mike Conley goes out and now you've got really no actual point guard, that would be interesting to see kind of what, interesting in a bad way, like what would this team look like? But I, I think in terms of take a player off a team, what do they look like? Rudy Gobert, absolutely the most important player on this team right now. Now, if you took Jokic off the Nuggets, that team is drastically different. John Morant might have a say just coming back from a 25-game suspension at some point. If they start winning, then, okay, look at me. Look how valuable I am. not saying he would then win MVP. Right. So I think think he's in a mix of like five or six players. He should be anyways. In the conversation, five or six players, most valuable player in the entire, not just defensive player of the year, that is a lock right now. Right. Most valuable overall player. 
And I, I think the reason why Gobert deserves to be at least recognized nationally is the Wolves have gone from being a team that, you know, looked like they had potential, right? Like the last three years or so, we've said, oh, this team's got potential. To, I would argue, right now, just being a legit, really good team. Like, this doesn't look fluky. It doesn't look like, and yes, if guys get, get hurt, it definitely would be a problem. But that being said, they've had, to your point, key guys out, and they've continued to win. And I think on a national level, if this continues eventually, you have to look at that and say, why? And Gobert is absolutely central. I mean, right now, if Cat turned his ankle tomorrow, okay, yes, it hurts. Cat's playing well. He deserves a ton of credit. But nobody's going to say, well, <laughs> Wolves are, oh boy, I don't know about this. If Gobert goes out, I think you are ser- you're looking at a serious issue as far as what makes you such a good team right now. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're winning games in large part because it's really hard for opposing teams to score 100 points. And it's, it, some of this is math, right? If you, if you go into a game and say, okay, this team is going to shoot 45% from three-point range on 30 attempts, and this team's going to shoot 25% from three-point range on fewer attempts or whatever. Like, basketball is, you can kind of math it out. And if so going into every game, if I were to say, hey, it's going to be a grind for you to score 100 points tonight. And that opposing team over there, they've got some offensive players, especially when Anthony Edwards is in the mix. Like, just without even knowing anything else. If you were to take Rudy Gobert off this team, it would be a lot easier for opposing teams to score 100 points. Like, that's as, yes. that's as simple as I can sort of make it mathematically. Yeah, I mean, if you took out my – it's like, kind of like your golf bag. Like, you took out a couple of clubs in your golf bag. Like, you're not screwed. But if you took out your driver and you're going to want a par, a par five, you're, you can't do that. Like, you're not going to be able to just, just hit a couple of low irons and, and, be, and be able to par that five. Like, Rudy Gobert – is is essential to that. Like you could get by maybe with a couple games without Mike Conley. You can run point Ant. Um, if you lose Towns for a little bit or even Ant for a little bit, might be able to get by. If you take out Rudy Gobert, yeah, I think the whole puzzle of this looks completely different, and it's not going to be good news for the Wolves. Yeah, and they and and the fact that Jade McDaniel's has been out for what three weeks or whatever it is, like he's yeah right there as as one of the best perimeter defenders in the league. So. What does this thing look like when he comes back? And now, and credit to Nikhil Alexander Walker because he has stepped in. He's been tenacious on defense. He's knocking down threes. He was the second piece in that fleecing trade that sent D'Angelo Russell's expiring contract out and brought in Mike Conley and Nikhil Alexander Walker. Uh, and also, I think the second round pick that led to Leonard Miller, if I'm not mistaken. And he's going to be in the rotation at some point. Probably not this year, unless there's injuries, but. Has any executive in pro sports in this town changed the course of how people feel about them as much as Tim Conley has within the past year? (laughs) What's amazing is a year ago, we're sitting here because they were kind of off to a weird start and it it looked weird. Everyone looked, nobody looked like they were having fun to it. Just felt like, okay, there's a ton of pressure on us and we got to make this thing work. Now it looks like everyone's just having, they've reached this joyous level because they know what they're doing. They've but we were having conversations on on our podcast, Mackie and Judd at the time, and a lot of people were, where's Tim Connolly? Has anyone heard from right. Tim Connolly? Why won't he answer yes. for this mess that needs to be cleaned up, right? Yes. And, uh, and, you know, he's sitting back there. And I'm sure, I'm sure there were some moments between, like, December and when 
you get to the end of the season and you got Kyle Anderson and Rudy Gobert going at it on the bench. I'm sure there were some moments in private where even he was like, Ugh, oh boy. what is happening here? Like, why isn't this clicking the way that I envisioned? And we, we said kind of from the jump a year and a half ago, too, he was regarded as one of the five or six best front office guys, like in terms of running a front office in the entire league. Everything they've built in Denver. You know, just the price that he commanded to to double his salary, like everything that came along with it, his reputation. He didn't have to make a big trade a year and a half ago. And I kept saying, okay, he is supposedly one of the more brilliant guys that's running a front office. Why would he come in without really having to do anything at all and just make a terrible trade in the first 30 days of his presidency, right? Right. Um, But as it turns out, it was not a terrible trade. And the deal trade will go go down as, as a work of art. That was that's the fleecing. fleecings, man. That's the complete fleecing. fleecing. Okay, take number two here. Speaking of D'Lo, the celebration police across the NBA need to go away. And this goes back two years when the oh. Timberwolves won the play-in round and they get to their first playoff series. Well, it was their second playoff series because they went with Jimmy Butler against the Rockets and lost in five. But, they, but they're celebrating, hey, we don't really get to the playoffs very often, so let's jump up on the scores table. Let's rejoice. We know that it's not an NBA championship, but we're the Timberwolves, damn it. And I'm Pat Beverly, and I like, let's celebrate this. And all across the national media the next day, it was, oh, look how dumb the Timberwolves are and those fans. How pathetic you're celebrating this, right? And then this year, all I hear from a certain section of even like some Timberwolves fans or Minnesota sports fans, like, oh, wait, it's it's December. Let's pump the brakes a little bit here, okay? The Lakers, the heritage franchise, yeah. and the Celtics, but like the Lakers are the George Washington on the Mount Rushmore of NBA franchises. Welcome. They've got more championship banners and retired jerseys than they know what to do with. They don't have room in the rafters to hang everything. LeBron James might be the greatest player, if not second greatest player of all time, right? They pop champagne bottles after winning the NBA in-season tournament in their locker room in Vegas. <laughs> if the Lakers are going to pop champagne bottles after winning the NBA's ultimate experiment here, yeah, just let fans and teams and players celebrate however they see fit in sports and in basketball. That's my that's my take. Well, and like the Lakers thing, okay, yeah, that seems, you know, you're the Lakers, blah, blah, blah. But the Wolves, that, that's where I don't get it. Like, what are you... I don't understand. The Wolves are, are this team that's been clowned, deservedly so, for years, right? The Wolves are the ones I don't get. And and I don't know if, yeah, the, if the play-in Just... win was dr- driven by a, 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 a underground hatred for Pat Bev, partially, because he, he was the guy on the scores table or what. But, I mean, I can see there are times I'm like, really, you're going to celebrate that? But the Timberwolves deserve Timberwolves fans. I will never rain on their parade, ever. These people Dude. deserve whatever they can get. And there are a yes. lot of people in this town who love basketball and have been forced to watch, and, and were forced to watch, for the most part, garbage for how long? And if so. you're going to say, if you're going to pound the drum and talk about how cursed the franchise is and how they're, all, they're, all, they're the bumbling idiot franchise of the league and nothing good ever happens, if you believe that, you can't also then tell people to calm down when they're celebrating something in December. Because if you believe that, then you also believe that something terrible is around the corner that's yeah. going to prevent them from being able to celebrate in like yeah. May, May or God forbid June, right? Yeah. 
I'll police calm down some things. I ain't policing the Timberwolves. Go have your fun. Enjoy Would you whatever police you the can. Lakers. If it was I Judd wouldn't. Zilgad on seven ten ESPN LA here, a, it's Mason Ireland you know and what? Judd here. If I'm LeBron, I'm like, hey boys, put those champagne bottles away. We celebrate Why? When, when we win titles. But LeBron, I think LeBron's doing a great thing for the league by saying he's validating what the league might be wants part of this it. to be a big thing. And that might that might be part of it. But yes, I do think that this. I think that this worked out better than anyone expected as far as the. In-season tournament, as we discussed, there are tweaks probably, but this is here, here to stay, and I think it sets a blueprint for a really interesting idea to generate excitement. I think it really does. Yeah, it makes uh, – there's really no downside to it because yeah. no. even if you think it's dumb, okay, well, November and December regular season basketball is also kind of dumb, I guess, because it's like – it's just – it's right in the middle of NFL season. Yeah. I think they had two choices. Either start your season on Christmas and move everything. Like they, I think one year they did that sort of during the Post pandemic. Yeah, or something too. Yeah, they, they shoved everything they did. forward. It started Christmas Day. E- mm-hmm. Either shove it forward and start on Christmas Day yes. and end it toward the end of July and just get out, get out of football season as much as you can. Yeah. Or make it more fun by coming up with something and just creating something out of nowhere. Yeah. Well, and, and celebrate. And as... I think it gets uh, mocked a bit here in this country, but soccer has proven that this sort of idea works. Like people like people are interested if you declare that there's going to be a champion, right? Wasn't there a champions? I feel I want my wife and I were kind of bouncing around just while it was it was like 35, 40 degrees over the weekend. We're bouncing around and uh, I, I wound up. Let's go to the local for a little little beverage here. Bouncing around. And, and bar I, hopping. I walk. Yeah, we're bar hopping. <laughs> And I, I walked in and I asked the uh, the hostess, I said, hey, can we just belly up at the bar? And she, this is like, you know, mid-morning on a Saturday. Yeah. And she goes, oh, I don't think there's any room at the bar. And I was like, why? She goes, I think the, there's a cha- maybe a Champions oh, League game going on or something. Probably oh, true. Yeah, the, yeah, yes. The Champions League is a completely made-up thing, right? Like, it's literally, yeah. okay, let's just Soccer take teams from all around the different leagues and let's create a tournament. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then... And then those teams, it's not part of your actual, like, Premier League or La Liga. This is a different thing altogether. And they've, they've just created something, like, 30 years ago, 20 mm-hmm. years, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And now we, and we all artificially put meaning behind it. And because we all, we all put meaning behind it, now it means something. That's what they're doing. As Dex said, baseball should follow this. Baseball, hockey. I mean, for, I know it's it lost its luster in conference realign, but like the final five was a humongous deal in the WCHA for I know that's conference tournament, but like people love tournaments. Yeah. They love this type of stuff. So yeah. I think all I think all school, all sports leagues and schools should honestly adopt this type of thing for sure. Why was it five in the WCHA? Why did we do the final five? Because I think they had expanded teams, and so four didn't seem like enough. And so they added, it was what, Dex, a Thursday night standalone? Yes. yes. And the team that won that got then advanced to the final four. Yes. Yes. But right. yeah. and base, Sensational seven. Baseball could could be cool because if, if you did an in-season tournament in baseball, you could experiment with some rules. Like what? Only in those, only in those games. Hmm. I mean, whatever you wanted. Yeah, you could 
and just you say, just, hey, uh, we're you, selling you this could, as part of the in-season tournament. Two strikes, tournament. you're out. You're just, you're, you're you done. You could experiment. No, you get, softball. You get to tag, you get to open field tackle <laughs> you know three what? times in a game. They don't know where it's coming from. After last year, I'm done with, with speaking of what Phil just talked about, policing baseball. Yeah, let's just try stuff. Baseball tried a bunch of things, and damn it, most of them Dude, worked, in the, my opinion. The NBA, the NBA is the ultimate, let's just try stuff league. Let's just like at some point forty years ago, they're just like let well, let's just try let's just uh, let's try a lottery, okay? Let's let's try painting a new line on the court. Yep. Should it be a straight line? Should it be curved? How far away from the basket should it be? They're just like let's just try it. Let's let's put a new line on the, and and almost everything they try for the most part works. Mm-hmm. So you should try going to the official neighborhood sports bar of the sports dad, Judd Zolgad, before I get to my final two Wolves takes for you guys. And that, that of Park course, Tavern. yes, that, of course, would be our friends at Park Tavern, a great place to throw a party, a great place to bowl, a great place to go watch your, your favorite team. In other words, there's nothing that you can't do at Park Tavern. It's a fantastic place. And uh, you know what? If you're right now, thinking it's time for a holiday party for my company but you know i got 60 people that's a lot that is nothing for park tavern they can accommodate you no problem 952-929-6810 parktavern.net if you are thinking right now you know what it's time for me to get some gift gift cards because gift cards are great you know what park tavern's got those as well in fact buy a a $100 gift card right now get a $25 gift card for free park tavern as Phil said, the uh, official sports bar is Sportsdad, located in St. Louis Park, parktavern.net. Check out their site for all the details. Also, hey, uh, popped corn is a great potential holiday gift for you. So they have over 80 flavors of small batch popcorn to make your holiday gift giving pop. Something for everyone, including Wolves fans. So they've got tins for Vikings, Gophers, Twins, Wild. Uh, wolves. In fact, you see it on the screen right here. That's a three-gallon tub of oh, yeah. popped corn in a wolves tin right there for the the flagrant howls or wolves fan in your life. Savory flavors include, but are not limited to, Southwest hot wing, barbecue oh. chipotle, mac and cheese flavored popped corn. Oh yeah, dill pickle Talk one is. Fin- I can I could eat thousands of them. Thousands of those popped. Oh. They have s'more flavored too on the sweet Boys. side. Boys, I got, the right I got a care oh, package that, right here. Is but, that it? Is that popcorn? Yes, yes. But oh, look no, at that! But look at that. here's what the note says, and I'm offended. It says Phil and Declan, uh, and then in small it says what? and Judd yeah. too. Enjoy the popcorn. <laughs> they put like a carrot. And so say, this oh, is not for me at all. This is not for me at all. Yeah, get your hand, get your grease. Yeah, anyway, this is for one of you. This is for one of you. I'd like to apologize for handling it. There. Poppedcorn.com. That's popped, P-O-P-P-E-D, corn, poppedcorn.com for a unique gift this holiday season. Okay, take number three for you guys. I know I just said, hey, celebrate away, celebrate, celebrate. And exercise a little caution the next month. Don't let the expectations get out of control the next month. Okay. Mm. So I'm being a little bit of a hypocrite here, but I just, I'm worried. Here's what I'm worried about with the Timberwolves schedule. They play exclusively playoff teams and teams above 500 over the next month. It's a 16 game stretch. And then what's funny is once they come out of the 16 game stretch, uh, 
they get Memphis again, like a couple games after, and that's going to be Memphis with John Morant. So that might be a different team than you've beat up on so far this year. But I worry that they're playing at this crazy pace. A lot of fans have jumped on board, maybe some fans for the first time. Oh my God, they're 17 and four. Here I am on the bandwagon. Impress me, right? And now their schedule gets really tough. There's a good chance, especially with some injuries, Anthony Edwards probably shouldn't play for a little bit. He's clearly dealing with hip yeah, and whatever. No question. Yeah, it's just, let's just just sit out for a couple weeks. They might go like eight and eight or seven and nine against some really good teams here while they try to get back. And that's okay because they're still going to be, even if they go eight and eight over these next games, they're 17 and four right now. They would be 25 and 12 coming out from a brutal month long stretch on their schedule. So I just, I just sense that because I feel like there's some fans discovering the Timberwolves again for the first time that they're going to lose like three out of four and people are going to be like, ah, see. The same old Timberwolves. Oh. No, they're they're gonna have to weather a storm here. They might plateau. Yeah, it's still a long season, but they have set themselves up to be able to plateau and still be in first place, maybe in a month. Well, they're gonna slump for sure. Like it, it's a long year, so yes, you're you're gonna go through ups and and downs. And if you think that they're going to just continue to play like, like this, they're not. But that doesn't mean that they're the same old team. You know, the only thing that we've seen this year that was a little bit of a shock was the loss uh, to the Hawks early on, right? But, yeah, you're going to lose games, and that's absolutely fine. It looks like they now have the infrastructure, though, to withstand that. That's the most important thing. There's a difference between, in an 82-game season, slumping and free-falling, right? Yeah. This does not look like a team that is going to free-fall. But yeah, the if, number one defense is going to be hard to to free fall, right? Even exactly. like a top five defense, they play, you're going to just. That's my point. They play a sustainable model of winning basketball. They're not like a so one trip pony. They're not like a but but it's not like this high flying circus act. And you're like, okay, this is going to end. It's fun, but it's going to end, right? Yeah. Yes, yes. When you have, when you have, dare I say this, a championship caliber defense in any sport you're going to be in pretty damn good shape we got two of them right now vikings championship caliber mm-hmm. defense a little shutout a shutout against a heritage about, nfl franchise the the raiders all right john madden yep yeah thanks a lot yes, yes. john madden the las vegas raiders <laughs> is there anything less tim uh, brown like is there anything farther away from uh just a blowing snot football team, the Raiders, the autumn wind, right? Then Las Vegas. Viva the Raiders. Dude, my only gripe with the Timberwolves is they should have been part of this celebratory Minnesota weekend in Las Vegas. I know. They went 3-1 and in pool play, so it wasn't like they train wrecked in the pool play, but it was all set up for... They're hungrier. A, twi- a, a, a Timberwolves. Vikings They're hungrier, league. Phil. They're hungrier now. They are. And they got to win two pretty easy games. <laughs> I was going to say, the schedule teams. got real nice because of the uh, bowing out of the tournament. But they might they might have won it, man. They might have won the whole thing. Uh, they will get a crack at the Pacers here on Saturday, this upcoming. So, yeah, the 16th in five days. And then my final take for you guys, fourth take here, Phil's Wolves takes. The Timberwolves are being greatly disrespected by Adam Silver and the National Basketball Association. Their next nationally televised game isn't until January 18th on TNT. The Timberwolves are going to play 
16 consecutive games against playoff teams, including games against the Philadelphia 76ers, two games against the Lakers. There's a game against the Knicks on New Year's Day. You got games against Dallas. I think there's three games against Dallas, Miami, all these premier franchises, but the Wolves, not Mm. interesting enough. With Anthony Edwards, the best defensive player in the league, they only get five. Now they're going to change this. I'm sure there's going to be some flexes. I was going to ask about this. But they only get five on paper nationally televised games the rest of the season. Only one January 18 until the end of February. So they're going to be, I mean, it wouldn't be the worst thing, by the way, if they just kind of scooted under the radar for the next couple of months and, uh, and stayed atop the but Western they flex, Conference. right? Like, disrespectful. They, they do they flex, flex, right? They yeah, flex. They'll, yep. they'll flex them in. They'll flex them in. They, they should have been, the, the one thing that's a miss is, they should have been a Christmas Day team. Yeah, there's like ten teams. Like a third of the league plays uh, on Christmas Day. Can't find room for it Anthony. Be like Edwards. one or two games, huh? and now it's like ten, ten the whole teams. Day? But yes, they should least, have been. At least the Wolves get to celebrate. In with fact, their you know what? Write this down: 2024-25, the Wolves will play on Christmas Day. <laughs> they will be they a Christmas should. Day game yeah. a year from now. Their, their schedule is super interesting because they get. You know, we've talked about the winning teams. Um, they only really have, they've got a home game. Their next back-to-back home games aren't until the end of December after Christmas, mm-hmm. December 28th and 30th. Mm-hmm. So they play a ton of road games throughout the month of December and January even. Like five of their first six games in January are on the road. Then they get a stretch end of February, early March, where they play exclusively home games between February 15th and March Fourth, so they have like a three-week stretch of eight consecutive home games. Hmm. It's like a baseball homestand spread over uh, centers three weeks, being used in January for something else. There's something going or, on, but then they're going on the road for six straight between. Ooh. Oh, is Target Center hosting like any sort of? Are they hosting like Big Ten tournament or? Yeah, Big Ten basketball. There you go. In March is here. That's what it is. For the first time. That's why I always wonder, too. Like, I know the XL is one of the busiest, legitimately one of the busiest yep. arenas in the country. But, like, Raw was in Cleveland on Monday for, like, the second time in five months. And and Target Center, Minneapolis, St. Paul gets a Raw every other year. Like, how how yeah. the hell can, why why can't our buildings get some of these events? Okay, I'm, I'm speaking out of, out of jealousy. Well, gonna, but, they sell more in Cleveland? Maybe, I don't know. I, sell I, more tickets? I don't know. It would be packed here, too. Well, but it's going to be, we're going to get, so we're going to get the, in terms of basketball, we're going to get the Big Ten tournament and the NBA finals here all within like three months this year. God, you, so, why, don't look excite you. Uh, you know what? It's going to, it should be, you super know fun what? Right oh, boy. oh boy. Oh boy. Bill Musselman. Bill Musselman. Hey, yo. <laughs> Before we go, old school box score time. I take you back to the, the Metro, April 13th, 1990, Timberwolves. And Magic. Now, I said I saw Shaquille play, but Shaquille didn't no. come in the league. I saw 92. him at, at Target, not here. Mm-hmm. But I was at this game, okay? So the Wolves win 117-102 to improve to 22-55. and 55. The Magic were 17-60. and 60. Let me give you the starting lineups for this game, okay? This is before Penny and Shaq, obviously. It, it, oh, yes, oh, yes, yes. God. This is Scott Skiles? Was Scott Skiles uh-huh. Very good. Oh, wow. Terry Catledge, Otis Smith. Scott Skiles, who scored four points. Um, Reggie Theus, 19 yeah. points. Reggie Theus, Mark Akers played, uh, wow. started 
and played 11 minutes in this game, zero points. For the Timberwolves that day, Pooh Richardson played the entire Ooh. game for Mussey. 26 40, points, 12 assists. He played 40, 48, 48 minutes. 48 minutes. This is Mussey. <laughs> like, if you think Tibbs is bad, Mussey was the best of this. Tyrone Corbin, uh, gay, or, um, a Wolves high, 36 points, 47 minutes. Todd Murphy with 1D. <laughs> he scored four points, 45 minutes. Randy what? Randy Brewer, 14 points, 11 boards, 4 assists, 42 minutes. Ugh. And my guy, Tony Campbell, knocked down 27 points in 32 minutes. Here are the reserves. Why'd he, why'd he get a breather? He was Here in are the trouble? reserves. Here's the best point, okay? Three guys off the bench. That's it for the entire game. Sam Mitchell, 10 points, 24 minutes. Sidney Lowe. A minute. Future coach? Future coach? A minute. Scott Roth, a minute. That was it. <laughs> so they played a six-man rotation except for like Correct. W- one minute at the end of a quarter to give. Who played the entire game? That's amazing. Wow. That's dude. our That's journey great, back man. in time to the Metrodome days say, of the we're, Timberwolves. We're going to coin Judd is, is the official historian of I remember Leibert being House at this now. game. I don't know why I thought Shaq played because he was still in college. But, yes, that is their, that is your musty uh, Tibbs got nothing on Muss oh my update. God. The, the original Tibbs. And Tibbs was probably on that coaching staff. I think he was on that coaching staff. Watching it all. Which is where he learned six some of this man, from. Six-man rotation. Yep. There's that beautiful photo of Tibbs in a mullet and oh, like a tracksuit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah look Early at 90s. Uh, suave. <laughs> Thin Tibbs as well. Great, man. Hey, if you guys could, uh, uh, Flagrant Howells peaked into the top 30 over the weekend national basketball podcast on the Apple chart. So thank you guys. And <laughs> Kyle was uh, featured on WCCO TV a few days ago talking on behalf of Wolves fans. As was Declan. So. As, uh, yeah. And Declan. And we were on there too, I guess. I know, but Declan. It's the same guy, <laughs> they right? Have, they might have confused Kyle and myself, I guess. I don't know what happened there. It's hilarious. But if you guys can give us a five-star rating and a positive review on Apple Podcasts, Flagrant Howls, we would appreciate it as we look to keep growing this awesome community of Timberwolves fans. And click the like button and the subscribe button on the Score North YouTube channel. We'll see you guys tomorrow on Flagrant Howls.